Hey, everybody. I'm Chad Eckert, and that's Joe Idoni. This here's the Preferred Lines podcast. You'll find us each and every Tuesday, but normally, uh, live on YouTube and Twitter, cracking beers. Just, well, I'm cracking a beer. My beer is a Surly Furious from the state of Minnesota. Are you doing beers tonight, or what do you have? You know yeah, I'm doing beers. This is uh, an old one that I've had in there, like an old pumpkin beer from, uh, like, fall. Oh, nice. Just laying around, you know. Okay. Still good. Finish that off. Um, yeah. All right, because, dude, it's weird. It's Monday night. So uh, yeah. Josh is here, even though he wishes he was watching Bachelor. Uh, so Josh is behind the scenes over there. Josh Swish, the producer of the program. Uh, we're going to try to do this in the next 30 minutes and uh, get through the betting board. Um, it's Monday. We're going to do the best we can to give you as much as we can. I mean, I crammed. I, you know, I felt like it was yeah. college cramming for the finals, baby. Uh, you're doing a podcast tomorrow night then because that's what you do. I mean, you do the jock market the day before the tournament starts. So. Yeah, uh, weird week, right? For it always feels like we have so much time, and then this week it really feels like we're all crammed in. But yeah, you can see yeah. up there in the top corner, presented by Jock Market, they have been a partner of ours for probably about a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, use the promo code PL for a hundred percent match in your first deposit up to fifty bucks. So you throw fifty bucks in there, they will match you fifty. You end up with a hundred. You buy and sell shares of golfers. Live during the IPO hour, which in fact will be tomorrow night. Excuse me. So, yeah. Usually we host that. Rick Run Good and I will host that on Wednesday nights to cover the IPO hour, which leads into 9 p.m. Eastern. So, we will do that tomorrow night. So, everything's kind of bumped up a day this week for the Wednesday to Saturday Farmers Insurance Open, which we'll get to right now. So, good friends at Jock Market. Nice. Great. Okay. Again, it's tomorrow night. Joe on Rick Run's good YouTube page. Now, gosh, what do you do though? Like, do we know enough to know to even talk tonight? Because we used to do this on Mondays, and then we realized it's a little harder to do it on Mondays. You get more information, you digest a little bit, you get your thoughts together, and that's why Tuesdays has been what we've been doing. But so, uh, whatever, we'll do the best we can, and we'll take a look. Josh is going to throw up the betting board here. Uh, it shows us at the tippity tip top, John Rom back there again. Because he's back here at Torrey Pines, where he won the U.S. Open. It was just a year ago. I mean, my gosh, this dude is loving it, Torrey Pines. But it's seven to one or so, depending on the book you're at. Is that are we go? Are we going to have this conversation every single week about John Rock? We're probably going to talk about him, and neither of us are going to place a single bet on him all year, right? Right. I mean, right. not not sub nine to one or whatever. He's the best player in the field. He's going to rate out number one in any stat model you run. Mm-hmm. His advantage and his skill set is further accelerated at a course like Torrey Pines because of like what a good approach player he is from 175 to 200 yards, which obviously we're at, you know, 7,700 yard course when they're on the south. He's comfortable here. He's familiar here. And when he has long approach shots coming in, he separates himself there as the best in the world. Like he could, Rom and Lee Hodges last week could probably hit a bucket of balls each from 100 yards out, and you wouldn't be able to separate them too much. That may be crazy, but I don't think you would. Like they both hit really good shots, but Rom and Lee Hodges both hit a bucket of balls from 200 yards. And you would see what a 
like ridiculously better player than John Ramos. So this is where his advantage lies. This is why we see uh, a lot of times the best players show up here and play well. So I think the number is deserving, but I'm going to once again pass on sub 10 to 1. But what, Joe, what if we want exposure to John Rahm? Are you going to go buy him on jock market or do you wait to see where he tees off first? Because that could be a factor. You can see if they're teeing off on the harder course first, because technically the south course is harder than the north course. So, like, maybe yeah. John Rahm starts on the south course, he has a bad round, and you can get him at a 10 or a 12 or a 16 to 1. Because sometimes that happens. If you bet him live, it might be better. Yeah, you could wait on a live number if you really like him this week and you think he's going to win and I have nothing bad to say about that, then bet the 7.5 to 1. I just go with a different strategy I'd rather take. The thing with if you bet 7, seven to 1, you really can't bet anyone else, right? Right, right. Oh, yeah. Because if you bet three or four other guys at 7 to 1, you're kind of taking that down, so you're ending out of there with odds around 3 or 4 to 1. Mm-hmm. Is it really worth it? I'd rather take my shots elsewhere. Golf is so variant. Um, as good, we talked about this last week. As good of a run as he has been on, when we're seeing these ridiculous low numbers, he's won once in the last year and change. So, I'll take my chances with an asterisk on a couple of those. Yes, yes. But at the same time, only one trophy in the trophy case in the right. last year. So that's true, John Rahm. I mean, you got to get home to get these outrights. And are you gonna go? To anyone else under 20 to one? Cause you've got JT or you got Xander. Any interest in those two guys? I wish I could bet Xander, but I once again, cannot because mm-hmm. I'm forced to look right below him and probably be a sucker and take the, I haven't bet either one of these, but the two guys that I'm looking at are DJ and Bryson, both at like 20 and 22 to one. Okay. When those two guys are going to be below Xander Shoffley on an odds board at a course like this, I'm going to be forced to take a long, hard look at them and probably shift in that direction. What What about you? Like, are we, are we still in this perpetual state of Xander being mispriced, or is this just accurate? And, I mean, how long has it been since he won? A PGA won gold event. medal. A PGA Tour event. <laughs> uh, honestly, I can't even remember. Um been a while so therefore then it's not a value there there's no value in betting xander shoffley you get it you always have to pay a tax with xander and this week especially at tory since he's played it a hundred times not interested in that so then are you let's go let's go into the 20s where hideki's there he's a freaking winner double time winner already this season so you got bryson there you got dj uh burger burns finau and sung jay should we go back to sung jay I might. Yeah, I've. uh, So I haven't made any definitive bets up here. I like Bryson a lot. I feel like this is a perfect, perfect course for Bryson. I feel like he probably should have won the U.S. Open. This is like a prototypical U.S. Open course where his length is a serious advantage. Mm -hmm. Um, He's going to be coming in with a lot of shorter clubs. These are small Mm -hmm. greens. These are small fairways. All of this, I feel like, exacerbates his his length off the tee. Okay. Um, so it's a perfect place for him. But what, you know, I've seen the stats on uh, Bryson around the green. Now, are those stats? Uh, yeah. So is that something you have to consider? Because I know this week you have Patrick Reed win it last year. He's around the green guy. This is kind of an around the green, get up and down, get out, get okay. to the next hole. That's kind of the course we're at. But then is it skewed because he hits it so far with his drives? I've seen that the numbers of around the green stats get skewed with guys like Xander, or I mean, guys like Bryson, but I don't know enough to know. 
Uh, does that cause you some concern about his around the green potential? So, yes, that's obviously his the deficiency of his game. But if you think about guys like Reed, for instance, and how he did it last year with okay. amazing short game, amazing scrambling, Reed is in the bottom tier of guys in terms of distance off the tee. Last year he had a good run, but he's not a great long iron player historically either. So when those two things aren't working in your favor, the only route for Patrick Reed to win was to have an amazing week with the short game. I think Bryson has a totally different route to his victories. He's going to be, um, there's probably on the South course, for instance, there's probably six holes where he can come in with an eight iron that other guys are hitting five and six iron. So okay. that alone gives you like enhances the size of the green, you know what I'm saying? So there's sure. a certain square footage, but coming in with an eight iron gives you a lot more room and margin for error than coming in with a five iron. So I think his advantage is, is well suited for, for this place. Okay, well then let's look at somebody in the same range. Let's look at Tony Finau, who has yeah. amazing course history here. Is this something that we consider Tony Finau to do a top five here? Yeah, uh, the course history is incredible. Let me pull it up because I just had it here in front of me. I was just looking at it actually. So well, he was runner-up last year, basically. Yes, T two, T six, T thirteen, T six, T four from twenty twenty one to twenty seventeen. So unbelievable. Another like perfect ideal setup for Tony to take advantage of all of his strengths. I'm a little worried that I made a miss the early number on him, which has me a little bit hesitant. My book now is a 25 and I know that there were some 30 pluses out there this morning. All right, Josh, let's see what we have. What are we looking at exactly yeah, right the now? Odds checker there. Let's see where, see where you can shop. Then, you know, at. if you go to odds checker, you can look around and you can find an article written by our boy, Joe. I He has a nice article each week that he tells you sick. What is it? Five guys each week to play. Yeah. One in each range. So he gives you five names and then, uh, they've been hitting pretty well, so find Joe's article. Uh, but not everyone is out there. You'll find Tony's at you know 25, 29, 25, 25. But yeah, 25. I don't know. It's fair. It's better yeah. than Scotty Scheffler to me. I'm not going to go with this yep. Scotty Scheffler. I'm not going to reach the Sam Burns's or the Zalatoris. Yep. I'm not going to do that here because you know. What about team. Dustin? What do you think about Dustin? Because this the like he doesn't have doesn't play this place often. Yeah. We haven't seen him in forever. Right. But theoretically, when I think about his skill set, it should align really well. And this feels like a great, great number. If you think that he's going to have a good year to your, your if he plays good out of the gates here, you're not going to see 20 plus for a long time. I agree. But then how do we know how he'll be out of the gate? Dude, does he have historical data on how he does in his first tournament? DJ kind of feels like the guy to me that either does show up really ready or doesn't show up ready at all. And, you know, I used to think this about the guys on tour. I used to think that they would pick and choose when they, when they turn it up, but I don't know about that anymore. I think that the burner needs to be up from the very get go. And on every single shot and every single tournament, you almost have to do that with the way that the competitive balance of the tour is how uh, they're going for so much money now. Uh, the competitiveness of the FedEx Cup points and getting on these Ryder Cup teams and what it means to your Instagram followings and all that stuff. So I used to think that people would mail it in or show up when they wanted to show up, but I don't know. I, I think that uh, you got to you gotta get it going early in the season, especially if you're a guy that's not so you know solid. 
Yeah, I don't know off top. I mean, there's obviously is if you look into it historical data on how he starts off the season. I know that he's obviously won tournament of champions before. Um, he's won at Riviera, which is which is coming up, which is in the fall. He won the the like winter masters or whatever, if we call it technically the winter season. In November, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of unknown there, right? This no, I buy the right number. The guy yeah. that is has been with his coach and on the range every day for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. No, he doesn't yeah. strike you as that guy, but he's also the type of guy that could could easily turn it on and um, this place could really, I think, suit his eye. Like anytime U.S. Open long, straight, it just seems like a good place for him. He's putted well on Poa before as well. I'd see it where either he starts really hot and he's like first round leader bet maybe potential, or he goes super slow and then you pick him up after the first round at like a forty to one, and then mm-hmm. maybe you do something like that. I don't know. If you think about the- like when we didn't see tournament of champions for instance i know it was a, it was weird it was a different field but we hadn't seen cam smith in forever we didn't really see patrick cantlay True. in a long time and like we were worried about them and they both came out and played incredibly well we hadn't seen john rom basically all fall since the Ryder True. cup he played really well out of the gates so um, that's what i'm saying dude i don't i used to think thoughts and now i don't know i, I think you're uh, you're not showing up it, like trying to find it i don't think no, no, no. He he's always got it. It's right. just yeah. Is it is it clicking on all cylinders that day? Okay, so then there's some juicy names that are a longer list. Give me that list again, uh, Jish Swish. We're on YouTube. You f- please like and subscribe, rate and review. Uh, buy some Manscaped products and go to Jock Market, and you'll look at the odds checkerboard and see Jordan Spieth's at forty to one. You got Corey Connors at fifty to one. Uh, like if you scroll down, you even have the defending champion here in the 50s. You got uh Taylor Gooch, you got your guy Wolf. Are we going back to Wolf, or what are we worried about Wolf a little bit? Yeah, a little worried about Wolf. I think I might have uh, you know, pumped the gas a little too hard there, but this is a much better spot for him. Uh, but no, I just don't know if he's ready to show up here and win. Um, I bet Brooks, okay. I mean, I know we pushed by him, but at 40 to 1 this morning, I don't know if that number's still around. Looks like 36 on Fandle is the best available currently. Yeah, I was going to just push past Brooks. The, uh, the, it's, not, like, it's an obvious bet, right? For you, honestly, it has at this to be. number at this point. It has to be. Now, um, there are spots where you ignore, and you've done it. You've done a great job of telling me not to bet it, but I've not. A, I'm not taking your advice, uh, but Brooks has spots and Brooks has times. Now Brooks also has been known to need a week. So is this, are we, but are we, is that old news? Is that a different narrative that doesn't apply anymore? Yeah. I think the bigger narrative, I don't know. It just has to be an event that there's uh, enough at stake for him. Okay. And I think this is one of the stops that I would put in that basket that aren't a major championship okay. um, should be a good course for him. I know his course history kind of sucks. He did play really well at the U S open, which is you're not going to see if you're looking at course history here. Um, and I thought that he was in there right up down the stretch. I thought that he could have won the U S mm-hmm. open had it not been for a bad hole in the back nine, but you could have said that about, about five or six or guys. Back the was open. I mean, he was stretching his back out too, wasn't he? Yeah, no, I don't think this was the back one. Was it? Oh, I don't remember. No, this was right before he injured. I don't know. He's been dealing with a lot of. <laughs> I mean, he was. I don't remember. 
Anyways, uh, coming in with long irons, same thing. I feel like this that's a spot where he can separate when he can hit that three, four, five iron. He's as good as anybody. Um, he's putted well on POA before also. Like the thing that I've heard that kind of – like I heard Snedeker say this and someone else about putting on POA, and they and, and you can kind of loop Tiger into this as well. It there's a, There's different types of putters, and you can just watch them and understand which – kind of type they are mm-hmm. there's guys who are very aggressive with putts and there's guys who will kind of diet at the hole and, and occasionally leave them short and they they play their putts differently the, obviously the guys that are a little softer with it have to play much more break versus brooks is like hammering mm-hmm. in the hole um much like snedeker so he'll get up there and and he'll put a confident stroke on it which i think helps a lot on this type of grass mm-hmm. okay. so i like that um all that said I, I bet him. I think this is a great number on him. Yeah, at exactly a he should play well, and you're only getting the number because the stats don't look great. The course history isn't great, um, but I think that he's talented enough to kind of overcome that. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm on the fence because I can only find the 33 where I live. And so, yeah, it's not it's not like that enticing. Like I by uh, tomorrow night, because we don't have much time to think about it. So by tomorrow night, I might have to do it. Um, but I don't know. I might go more long shots this week. I'm not going to bet Reed. Pull up the betting board again. And I do think, though, at like 50 or 60 or whatever you can get on Taylor Gooch, that could be some value based on his performance last week, kind of burn some people. <clears throat> He's played like one of the best players on earth over the last three months. Taylor Gooch. Yeah, he's been good. He was really shitty last week, though, wasn't he? Like for most of the time, yeah. Yeah, he missed the cut, I thought, last yeah. week. Yeah, but a lot of guys did. So so we can kind of write that off. I think he has good course history. He lined up really well in the uh, the stat model that I ran. So I can see going back there. Speeth is intriguing to me. Okay. Um, I don't know why. It just feels like a, a juicy number on him that we wouldn't right. have been – we would have been really excited about with the way he was playing last season. Yeah. But the way things have been the last couple of months, it, it leaves you a little leery. Like him sitting below Leishman is a little weird. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like don't tied in with Corey Connors. It's Jordan freaking speed. Yeah. And <laughs> last year, like I took Reed and that came out of nowhere. So um, it was just kind of taking what I thought was a good player at a good number. And that's all it came down to. And like nobody was on Reed last year because the stats were so horrible. That's why I don't mind taking one of these top tier. But look, so many of the courses recently, look at the fall, right? And look Mm -hmm. at what we just got. The Amex, the Tournament of Champions, which played really short. Um, Sony, like we were playing short golf courses, (laughs) short Bermuda, coastal. Uh, Like this is a lot different mm -hmm. test at 7,700 yards than what we've seen. So when you're looking in your stat models for the last 24 or 36 rounds, if these guys have played a lot recently, they haven't played – any courses like Tory Pines. Right. Totally. Right? Agreed. Oh, yeah. So then, therefore, are we going to bet a long shot this week? I mean, it's kind of weird to think that a long shot could win here. I don't know that – there's a couple of guys that I like. I don't know that they can or okay. it's great. Like, even when you look when when Snedeker won, I think he was 20 to 1. Hmm. Uh, when Rose won, he was playing pretty well at the time. Reed last year was only in the 30s. So even these guys that kind of come out of nowhere and you you look back and see them winning, it kind of like shocks you. They were playing pretty good at the time. So it wasn't like they were long shots. It wasn't like Snedeker won this thing at 101. Right. 
Okay. Well, I, I don't know. know. I got two. Who do you got? Give me your guys first. And then well, I wanted to them. tell you, like, there is reason to look at a longer number. I mean, you got Ryan Palmer potentially pop that up. Just look at Ryan Palmer's number. I don't know what that is. 66 to one. You got a Max Homa. You can get that potentially at 60, 75, 80 to one. Justin Rose, like you mentioned, over the last five years, he's like the most strokes gained, one of the most strokes gained here. Uh, he's great. Horschel, winner. Winner in a fall swing event, I wanted to mention Billy Horschel. You can get him at 80 to 1. He won a fall swing event on the DP Tour. Molinari, Mr. California, right there at 80 to 1. I mean, you got Neiman, potentially. He's got talent, enough to win. What about Keegan, who does well here and pops every once in a while? You find the putter. I mean, there's List, there's Wise. I, don't I know. took I, two of the guys that you mentioned. Okay. I took I got Rose. Her. Oh, you got Rose? I took Rose, who I really never bet, but played really well Sunday, had some spots last week, and this is a great course for him. And the other one that you just mentioned was Keegan. Yeah. Uh, great course history here, man. Good yeah. ball striking. Like this course Here's he, he was a little shaky through the fall, but this is the type of course that I think he excels at. When you look at the longer proximity ranges, I put a couple in the bucket here. Um, and I know, you know, Josh will say that, that this is kind of a faulty stat, but uh, I'd be interested to know where he falls and sort of his spectrum. But 175 to 200, 12th. 150 to 175, 14th. And then 200 plus, he was 48th. So pretty good in the top, you know, half or third of the field in all three of those. Sixth in ball striking overall. So um, I like him at a place like this. I got an 80 to one, I believe. On Keegan. I will Keegan. He was in the winning lineup I had in the quarter arcade at the Farmers Insurance Open. In yeah. So, yeah, I got some love for Keegan, for especially here. Um, I got some love for Billy Horschel, of course, for 66 to one. That's a guy like, you know, with my heart um, as much as with the stats. And also PGA splits 101 that our guy with the trends, he fit that list of trends. So go find our guy with PGA yep. splits 101's trend list. Um, I like Homa actually at 80 to one, if you can find it or whatever, uh, Max Homa has won twice in California. We know Max Homa can get up for big stages. Now he's got the mentality to be a winner, to be somebody in the conversation for those teams at the end of the season. Those, those things are important. Um, what about the cams? You got Cam Tringali and Cam Davis, and they're in the eighties ish for Cameron Davis. Could he break out here and win a big trophy? do it at like 80 to one hmm this might be a good spot for him i hadn't really considered it um there's cameron champ as well who's back long take advantage yeah what about what about what paul said here you got any takes on mito you know i was listening to rick run good your guys uh thing and we haven't seen him so uh i'm a little bit concerned that we haven't seen him but maybe that's a sneaky way to get him at a number because we know he's a winner we know he's a good golfer and does he like this kind of setup i'm not I, i'm not sure let me see if i can pull them up here the reason i you know i just tend to go with a more of a veteran name at tory pines even if fucking xander shoffley who played 100 rounds in high school sucks here yeah years like you need experience around there you gotta have a little bit of distance you get a little bit of a luck so I don't know. Mito might get discouraged. It depends. I don't know. He rated it out incredibly well in the model that I ran. Oh, shit. Okay. Ball. Yeah. Uh, but I I don't know how much of that is pulling old stuff from, from Corn Ferry numbers or the mm -hmm. ridiculous run that he was on there through the late summer. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, the numbers on him are are fantastic if you're looking at any stat model. I think there's like 100 pluses out there on Mito. I got one more name. Yeah. 
but everybody's on him, I guess, because he's already mm. been bet down from 100 to 66. That's Francesco Molinari. Uh, let's talk about him. I almost brought a glass of wine out for this segment. Is <laughs> he the house bet? No. Well, I did joke with Cecil on Twitter about how I put 10 bucks on that 100 to 1. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to win 1,000 bucks if Molinari wins this tournament. So that's true. That's not the house bet. But at the same time, Dude loves California. Don't we know? Is California wine country? We just know we move there for this shit. Uh, somebody <laughs> that reminds me truly of the Jason Day mold, the Justin Rose mold, where they never go bad. They're just always good. And they get recycled. They go into hibernation and they come out and they're good. And it's like you can find them at 100 to 1. I mean, this guy can feast on the par fours. I'm into Jason. Or I'm into what is his name? Bolinari. Yeah, gained pretty much everywhere. I'm looking at last week at the Amex tee to green, off the tee approach, around the green putting, uh, clean sweep of green. When you're looking at fantasy national, so he could he could be this 2020s 2022s version of what Louis was last year. Think about that. Top ten here last year. Mr. California, Molly in yeah. California. Plus, top ten at the Amex, top ten at the Genesis, and then he played terrible the rest of the year. Because you mentioned this, though. Did he get burned? I mean, he kind of got burned, but by the Ryder Cup snub, and so he's uh, a little bit motivated. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know if that was really a snub, was it? No, probably not. Yeah, he was playing so bad that I don't think it could be deemed quite a snub. But, yeah, no. there were certainly two years ago you would have been shocked uh, to say you, that yeah. he was not going to be on the team. Okay, yeah, so give me Molinari and give me the – okay, get this uh what do you think of this idea okay declaring february 13th national shave your balls day <laughs> why february 13th oh, all right the day before valentine's is coming up boys and girls well boys uh and who's with me let's call this the national holiday for men and women who can get behind uh ladies you may want to buy your man something to crop like a crop preserver for, you know, which is a ball deodorant. I can't believe uh, that Manscapes the first company to come out with this kind of a thing. I mean, this seems like an obvious thing for your balls. They're sweaty, they're smelly, and nobody wants those smelly, sweaty balls. So you want to have this crop preserver. So you got to use this promo code we got going. It's it's going to run out, and yeah. you're and you're never going to be able to get twenty percent off with the promo code Golf Guys. <clears throat> we need you to use this code to get the ball deodorant or or. There is a crop re reviver. Okay, so once you're done shaving it up, getting it nice and close, you slap on this jelly lotion. I've done it. Have you guys done it? Are you guys got this stuff in the mail, right? I don't Look think I Josh. got the He's nodding. He's nodding along. Because, Josh, you've been playing golf with this stuff before. You've played golf with the crop preserver. I have, so, yeah. It it's a it's a it's a chafe anti chafe situation. This so. shit works. Go yeah, ahead. If go they do me. a lot of walking on the golf course, it's it's great. It's great. Oh boys, this is great. Okay, so you can go there to manscaped.com and you can get twenty percent off and free shipping using the promo code GolfGuys20, which is the show that Josh and I are doing right after this. It's almost on right now. So that's the end of the program. But uh, I did want to mention that the house bet, Joe. Yes. Reveal. Okay, here's the thing is that last year I wanted to like do house bets on different people and kind of have a potpourri and just pick guys I liked. And I wasn't really that focused on like who do I really think might going to win, who's a good number, all that stuff. Sung J M right now 
back on him, another house bet on him. I'm going all in this week. Why not go back, Joe? Dude, are people saying the house bet is cursed? No, did you like that tweet? Did you like that poll? I was shocked that I only got 2% for me. But I house bet can't be cursed. The house bet's up like a million units since you started the house. All right. The house now, though, it could be doing way better if Sung Jae Im comes through for us. We're going to now, we've invested a little money this season on Sung Jae. So we're kind of just going, okay, if we put, but this happened to me last year. At yep. this tournament, I picked Patrick Reed the week before, and then I didn't go back because I was burned and I was sick and I was sad. I saw this Sung Jay T to Green game last week. One of the best in the whole field. One That's of his good. best rounds of his career, uh, or tournaments of his career. On you know, I mean, they only do two rounds. I don't know, but whatever. He's just striking it well. Back to same old Sung Jay. We're gonna do it. I think it's like twenty eight. Playing very well, solid number, good course for him. Love it. So let's do it. All right. Uh, and that's it for the Farmers Insurance Open. Thanks for watching. Good luck, guys. Peace. Cheers. <laughs>